Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. What a Monday night it was for two dominant football teams. The Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles, who someone on this show predicted we will see come February. Now, granted, we're only two games into the season, but I'm feeling pretty good about that prediction right now. I didn't know you were that flexible to be able to pat yourself on the back. Man, that's I'm amazing. I'm really not that flexible. Man. I, I, no. Well, you're doing it right now. Well, verbally. Yes. Um, look, let, let's get into both of these teams and the performances we saw last night. And we start with Jalen Hurts. And, Chris, let's put everything else aside. Jalen Hurts was so good last night that you can actually start to put the early conversations together to what an MVP season might look like for him. Now, I'm not buying into it yet. I mean, it's absurd that the the betting uh, on Caesar Sportsbook uh, dropped from 13 to one to eight to one on Jalen Hurts to win the MVP this year, based off of the game last night. Uh, really, based off of the first half last night. But I can't take away what he accomplished and what kind of quarterback he is because, A, there's no doubt in my mind that the Eagles have found their guy, mm-hmm. and B, Chris, when he's playing the competition that he's going to be playing against, there's going to be some awfully big numbers in the pass game and run game that are going to be put up for him this season. No doubt about it. I mean, just the development of Jalen Hurts as a passer. I mean, he spent all offseason working with Tom House out there on the West Coast to fix his mechanics. But, Carlin, he's also been in the film room, and it shows. Last year, he struggled to be able to diagnose zone coverage and know where to go with the football. That wasn't a problem last night playing against the Minnesota Vikings. He knew exactly where he wanted to go with the football, being able to go through his progression, but also not allowing that to affect his mechanics, his delivery, and the overall velocity in which the ball is getting to his receivers. So, from that standpoint, he's taken a quantum leap. But then all of the other things that we saw from Jalen Hurts early on, they're still there. The leadership intangibles, the ability to be able to run the football. Carlin, you talked about two touchdown runs yesterday, one that took off for 30 yards. I didn't think that he was going to get anywhere near the end zone. He puts a little spin move on the guys. He's got three Minnesota Vikings around him, stretches the ball across the plane. You got a touchdown. That's a gutsy play from that guy. I mean, really, really shows that he's got that kind of metal that it takes in order to develop into a championship-level quarterback. And so I'm thinking that we're seeing this step from Jalen Hurts, and it's happening at the best possible time for him individually, knowing the stakes you know, that the Philadelphia Eagles are at with him because they got to make a decision on his contract, but then also based on the roster construction and how good this team is around him. Carlin, it seems like it's all coming together for the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you think that we will be having this discussion about Jalen Hurts and the MVP come week eight? Yes. Do you think we will come week 14? I need to see more before I'm willing to say that. But I I don't see Jalen Hurts falling off. And more importantly, I don't see NFL defenses catching up to what the Eagles are doing right now. Because there are some big changes on that Eagles offense. Yeah. Like A.J. Brown changes the entire receiving core. Because he's a guy that can dictate front and coverage. He makes life easier for Devontae Smith. He makes it easier for Quest Watkins and Dallas Goddard. It's going to take NFL defenses a while to figure it out before they can slow that down. But by that time, you're talking about even more development, even more confidence from Jalen Hurts, 
because confidence comes from demonstrated performance. With every game, I think we're going to see him grow this year exponentially. And I think that's probably the most exciting thing about watching the Philadelphia Eagles this season. And nearly 70% completions. He's also got nearly 600 yards in two games. Only thrown one touchdown, but it's rushed for three and 150 yards in two games. Carlin, he's sixth in QBR right in front of Justin Herbert's. How does everybody feel about Justin Herbert? Yep. It's a great point. That's all you need to know. Can't I mean, it, it, listen, it, it's it, everybody loves Justin Herbert. Pay attention to what Jalen Hurts is doing. There you go. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance, also on Sirius XM Channel 80. Chris, then there's what happened in Buffalo last night, which was a shellacking. And to me, the Bills are playing like an angry, angry football team that is just not even focused on what the what the names are on the jerseys, what the logos are in front of them. They are focused on whoever it is in front of them and just pounding the daylights out of them. That's what I'm seeing right now, and that's what they are doing. I don't know how you stop the passing attack for the Bills, and I don't know how your offense can get anything going up against that defense. Like That, that to me, is the two strengths of the Bills, and quite frankly, Carlin, they might be the best at both of them. They might have the best defense in the NFL, and they might have the best passing attack in the NFL. That's how good Josh Allen is. And keep in mind, he didn't have Gabe Davis last night. Nope. And guess what? It didn't seem to matter. And they still don't have Travis White on defense. And they still don't have Trey White on defense. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I mean, uh, Elam kids playing well. Yeah, Kyrie Elam yeah. is a good player. Well, yeah. you've got a couple of brothers that were first round draft picks. Yeah, but ex- I mean, I would, still. Ex- I would expect that you. you but you this know well what you're out doing. of the gate, you know. I yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, he's the best of the bunch. No yep. question about it. So yep. I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. Also. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on what's going on with Micah Hyde and, and mm-hmm. he, him going down. But, I mean, you've got a, a really good secondary despite not having Trey White. You've got pretty good linebacking core with Trey Ed, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. Mm-hmm. And in that defensive front, man, I mean, think about all of the dudes that you got that can rush the passer. Carlin, Greg Rousseau lined up against Brewer, the left guard for the Tennessee Titans, and ran him over on his way to sacking Ryan Tannehill. Absolutely unbelievable. And you know why Greg Rousseau wasn't double teamed on that play? Because Vaughn Miller was lined up outside of him. And that was the guy that took the double team with the chip block from the running back. Yeah. But you just think about it. Greg Rousseau, Vaughn Miller, Jordan Phillips, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham. They got a lot of dudes that can get after the quarterback. They didn't even have Ed Oliver on the field yesterday. Didn't matter. (laughs) Because they can rush the quarterback. And that's something that you have to do if you're going to contend at a championship level. But, Carlin, while we're talking about how great the Bills are and we're waxing poetic, there's one thing that they don't do well that most championship teams have to be able to do, and that's run the football. They don't run the football well. and they're- I, I don't know that they can run the football well, Carlin. And I don't want to hear people talking about, oh, well, they're, they're averaging four and a half yards a carry, small sample size, and, oh, by the way, four and a half yards a carry, that's good for 14th in the National Football League. It's not like the Buffalo Bills are going to run the ball till the cows come home. This is not the 2016 Dallas Cowboys, okay? That's not what their run game is, and but, I don't know that that's what their run game have can be. Yeah. At some point, though, they're going to have to. they got to run the football. Yeah. They'll have to be able to control the game. They'll have to be able to close it out, bleed the clock. Your defense is good, but once your defense forces opposing offenses off the field— you can't be throwing the ball all around the yard and expecting that that's how you're going to do it. you got to be able to run the football. Remember last year, that Patriots game? 
where you had 30-mile-an-hour wind gusts and you couldn't throw the ball? What ended up happening in that game? Mm-hmm. The Patriots ended up winning. Because they could run the ball. And the Patriots were inferior from a talent standpoint. But they could run the ball. They could run the ball. And so that's one of the things that I'm going to be looking for from that Buffalo Bills team. And here's the thing, Carlin. When it comes to running the football, everybody wants to talk about talent. Running the football is just a mentality. It really is. It's just a want to. Like, I, I, we are going to move these men against their will. That's what we're going to do. It's a mentality. It's toughness. And, and I have yet to see that from the offensive line from the Buffalo Bills. And that's the last piece that I think we're waiting on before we're willing to say, you know what? This team is, is got to be considered the Super Bowl favorite. I think a lot of people are out there right now, they're saying that they're the Super Bowl favorite. But to me, that's the one thing that I want to see before I'm willing to give them the nod over a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. You throw to score, you run to win. In Mike Tannenbaum says it all the time. Yeah, and I think it's accurate. I think it's it's one of those things where at some point they're going to have to, and whether it's Singletary or maybe even James Cook toward the end of the year or Moss, whoever it is, they have to create just some push for them whatsoever. Well, I think they got the running backs that can do it. Yeah, it's just but, the offensive line numbers that you've talked about. Yeah, they got the worst run block win rate in the National Football League, and Bill Parcells used to say this all the time. All running backs run the same when there's no hole. And that's not very well. Yep. They got to figure that. Who you they got to figure that piece <laughs> of it out. Hey, Barry Sanders had plenty of minus one yards rushing days. Yeah, and that was because he was getting hit in the backfield. Can I ask you a question, Kansas City Chiefs? Do you think of them as a run first outfit? No, of course not. You don't think of it that way. No, but the Kansas City Chiefs are averaging four point nine yards a carry. Yep, that's top ten in National Football League. Do they, do they, do they, they recognize are, are, the importance of being able to run the ball? And, and the Chiefs, and it's funny, you think back, what was always the big knock on Andy Reid? That he wouldn't run the ball enough. Mm-hmm. And they pass to run, that is what they do. And yeah. it's, it's so exceptionally well uh, useful for them. Last thing here, the one thing I was going to look up, and I the, they haven't put the player props out for the week. What do you think the over-under on yards for Tua Tungavailoa against that Buffalo defense is going to be this week? I'm going to go 188. Yeah, I, I'd probably go low twos, and I probably would jump on the under. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're hitting the 400 number this no, week, dog. No, that's not going to happen, dog. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. ESPN Plus, that is going to be a fascinating situation to watch unfold on Sunday. Up next, though, there's one quarterback in the league that made a comment about his fans that rubbed some people the wrong way. I'm going to tell you why they, not he, are dead wrong. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Look, I get why people are upset. Don't be. Don't be. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Let's listen to the quote here from Justin Fields and what he said the other day after the game. It, it hurts more than the locker room than the Bears fans. I mean, because at the end of the day, they're not putting in any work. Um, I see the guys in the locker room every day. I see how much work they put in. What he is saying. Oh, no. What no, he, Justin. No. What he is saying is that it's going to hurt us because we are the ones out there doing it. He is saying it the wrong way. Like, it, it, you need to be putting that, like, we're taking this hard. We're not, you know, we're putting ourselves on the line and all that. I don't think he meant to take a shot at the fans. I think what he meant to say was that this means more to us because we are the ones who are out there. What are you, the U.N.? Do you feel like you got to translate it? No, the guy said what he said, and it was absolutely the wrong thing. And as a quarterback, you need to it's have more awareness. To you are the CEO of the organization. It's the wrong there, thing to say. You can't be dismissive of the feelings of your fan base. Because, Carlin, even though the fan base ain't putting in work, you know what else the fan base ain't doing? Depositing checks every Tuesday like Justin Fields is getting in his bank account. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you something, bro. You better chill out, because if the fans ain't interested in you, you don't make what you make. You don't get an opportunity to play in the stadiums you play in. You don't have an opportunity for the -the off-the-field money that you get a chance to make. The fans are what make our game great. Uh Embrace that. Don't be dismissive of their feelings. Acknowledge that you have one of the most passionate fan bases in all of football, because you do. Because the Bears fans haven't had a whole lot to hold their head up about of recent. So acknowledge that, understand where their frustration is, and just let them know that you're doing everything you can to be better so the results on the field can be better. I'm not the UN, but I know a young player making the dumb comment that he doesn't realize he's making in the moment. Yeah, and, that's and I'm going to take him to task when he makes the dumb comment. I get it. Yeah, he and, deserves it. And he will come, you watch... Tomorrow it will be, here's how I meant it. I apologize. I was wrong. This is not what I think about the fans. Yes, but you lose the benefit of the doubt when you start making comments like that, and then you don't have the production on the field that the fans are looking for you to have. I I think one of the most, most, and please tell me if I'm wrong, but one of the trickiest parts about being in a situation like that is going out there and playing your ass off for four quarters and not finding a way to win the game and then or your coach not giving you a chance to win the game by in which he did the other night with yeah. the fourth and goal out of the shotgun at the one you're going to run it that way but all of that aside being a young player and not being able to just gather yourself enough before you're in the mic in front of the microphone and it's not an excuse i'm not making an excuse for the kid he's dead wrong for saying it I don't think he meant malice through what he was saying. You, I don't think he was saying screw the fans and people are going to take it that way. Well, here's the thing, Carlin. 
after every game, when you get in the locker room, there is a 10-minute cool-down period where the media is not allowed to come in there. Yeah. And the coach addresses the team. And usually, the coach will set the agenda. He'll set the tone as to what the messaging should be from all of the players to all of the media members that are coming into the locker room momentarily. Justin Fields just went off script. I have a hard time believing Matt Eberflus said, oh, yeah, you can say this about the fans because they're not putting in any work. No, that's not what this is about. The, the, the fans have a right to feel how they want to feel because they are paying to watch. They're paying to come in the to way the games, Fields is, all of those things. Right. F- Field, Fields is so dismissive of the feelings of the Chicago Bears fan base, See, and, that's that's the, not, and that's the wrong tone to set. I, I agree. He said it the wrong way. I think the tone he was trying to set was how much he and his teammates care about what's going on and how hard they're taking it. But to it. assume that the Bears fans don't care as much, I, I just think that's the wrong message. Even though that may be true, Carlin, that's not something that you need to say. And there have been Bears fans that are still rooting for this team and they've been rooting for this team since before Justin Fields has been alive. And so to say that they don't care about this team when you just got there two minutes ago, I just think that that's the wrong message. And it's unnecessary. But he wasn't saying the fans don't care about the team. He was saying that the players care about what they're doing more than the fans do because they're the ones who are personally invested in it and putting the work but, but in. They, but Christian they get paid. never should have fa- said But it. the players get paid. Yes. The fans don't get paid. Matter of fact, the fans pay, pay. Their, they pay their hard-earned money to watch you play. When you invoke the fans into any kind of discussion like that, you are headed for trouble. Yeah. You are a, headed for look. trouble. It is a bad way to put it. I'm looking more into what his intent was, and I don't believe his intent was to rip into the fans. I believe his intent was to defend his teammates, and he just did it the wrong way. Well, you can defend your teammates and also big up the fans at the same time, Carlin. Yeah, it hurts in the locker room right now because we're not playing up to our potential, and it's disappointing because we know that this is not a product that our fans can be proud of. Boom. Answered the question. It's done. It doesn't have to be a situation where you allow the media to pit you against the fan base in terms of who it hurts more. But that media that media member, they got exactly what they were looking for when they asked the question this way. What Justin Fields has to recognize is you're the one that writes the story, not the person in the media. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Are you annoyed with what Justin Fields said? Do you believe that Justin Fields is ripping into the fans? Or do you think he was just trying to defend his teammates? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Boy, if I'm ever on trial, I want Carlin representing me. Look, man, I the law firm of Carlin. I'll get on you when you're saying the wrong things, but I also recognize when it's a young player who doesn't realize what he's saying. He does it again. He, he says something stupid again, and he doesn't learn from it. Then I'm with you. Then I'm going to bury him. I'm not. I don't want to bury him over this. I want to be fair about it. They're going to bury him, though, Carlin, and that's the point. When you're with a struggling franchise, yeah. and there's not a lot of things to when, look forward to. <laughs> I'll give you an example. And you're not playing well. Chris, you're not winning games. They're going to bury you because of comments like this. Here's where I'll bury you, and that's why I'm upset at Justin Fields. When you are a a second year head coach of a franchise that hasn't won in forever, and you say I'm going to start taking receipts, that's when you need to shut up. <laughs> This one, I can let that go. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. 
How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Yeah, they're going to feel a certain way about it. And the phones lit up, as you would expect. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. The topic, Justin Fields. Let's do it. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to start with Rhonda in Indianapolis. Rhonda, you're up next on ESPN Radio. What do you got today? This is my point. Of course, I am reading from The Ohio State University, but I will say this. Did he lie? Did he lie? These boys have been playing football since they were in five years old. Pop Warner, they are 1% out of all football players in the world playing, and that's their job. He didn't lie. I the fans are too doggone sensitive. Didn't no fan lose their job or is in, in a possibility of losing their job, not paying their mortgage, because Justin didn't feel, did not beat Green Bay. But Justin had two more games or two more times that he doesn't beat Green Bay, and they're looking at him sideways. So yeah, he the is problem, right. The problem, though, Rhonda, is that while he didn't lie, he also should have lied. Yes, that's the point. That is the absolute point. Yeah. The truth in this case does not help you. No. The truth in this case needs to be something that you work with. But it's also something that everybody else already understands. They know that they have the players, meaning more invested in the team's success than anybody else. But no fan that's paying their hard-earned money wants to hear that. No. Especially when their team is losing the way the Chicago Bears lost on Sunday night. How about Nobody st- wants to hear it. Stacy's next in Chicago. Stacy, you're on ESPN Radio, dude. Hey, guys. How are you? Great. Hey, I, I took this a little bit different because I saw the original press conference, didn't think anything of it. Then I looked, looked, turned on ESPN and heard everything. I watched it again. To me, Justin's more upset with the reporter asking him the question if you look at his body language. Mm-hmm. And I think he was just snapping back more at the reporter. And like you said, young kid trying to defend everybody didn't didn't think in the moment. I actually was in the moment and just wanted to defend everybody. But if you look at his body language, his shoulders sort of dug down and like, what are you talking about? You know, everybody lost, everybody lost tonight that's in Chicago. That, but so Stacey, I think but Stacey, Stacey, the whole point is that as a player, you got to understand the reporter is there to do a job, and he's not there to help you do your job. No. So you have to be careful in the message that you send 
Because even though you think you're just snapping at the reporter, what you're really doing is talking to your entire fan base. That is the media's role when it comes to covering professional sports. And so Justin Fields, being the quarterback, being the CEO of the organization, you've got to have more awareness in that spot. And you okay, also got to under you also got to understand your emotional after a loss, and you got to be careful in what you say. And, and I know this is always going to light a fuse, okay? But don't we have to be a little bit more understand? Because there's no way that if I ask you this question, your answer is yes. Do you think he truly met any malice toward the fans at all in that comment? Carlin, here's the thing. The fact that it's opened up to interpretation is the problem. Don't leave any ambiguity. Don't. Th- th- there was nothing to be gained by saying the fans ain't putting in no work. That's obvious. Ain't no fans out there playing the game. We get that. We understand that. But to be dismissive of how the fans feel when they've been dealing with all of the losing with this franchise even before you got there. I don't think there, he was dismissive of how the fans feel. Carlin, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. That if you're reading that comment on print, that's what it sounds like. In, in, in this case, because it's a young player who doesn't seem to get it right away on that front, I'm, I'm almost willing to cut young players a little bit of slack once, especially when it's somebody like this. Let's hit Lori in Southern Illinois up next. Lori, you a Bears fan? What'd you think? I am a huge Bears fan. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, about Justin, I think he could have maybe phrased it a little differently. I don't really think he was trying to diss the fans. Uh, but as a Bears fan, and it has been a really long time since, We've been relevant. Um, it would be nice if, you know, he had our back to just a little bit. I, and, and I get why you would feel that way. I would get, I understand why it sounds that way. He was, he said it the wrong way. My, my thing is, I just, there's no way that there's intent on his part. I know it doesn't matter because the words are ultimately what matter because that's what you're going to read especially when you don't see the entire press conference of the moment, no matter what the context was of it. I get all that. Fans are living and dying with their team every single week, Carlin. That's the power of the NFL. It's the most popular team sport in this country. And so when your team loses, the way the Bears lost on Sunday night, the fans feel that. And to be dismissive of those feelings in any regard, even in comparison to your own, was a misstep by Justin Fields. That's all I'm saying. Let's hit Jim in Kansas City next on ESPN Radio. Jim, what do you think? My call, I'm 100% uh, in agreement with Candy on the fact that Justin Fields should not have said that and, and marked himself against the fans. But, but ultimately, I don't think that he meant any malice. But at the end of the day, it is a business. Um, he gets paid. The fans pay to watch or pay to play and go to the to the games, um, but at the end of the day, there's that man is playing for money, and if he gets traded to another team and gets in another rant and and calls out the the fans, he's also making separating himself with the fans based on each different uh, um, area of, of whichever city he's playing in. He's making not necessarily enemies because it's a game, right? Well, Jim, here's the thing to drive home here, okay? The relationship between players and fans is a one-way relationship. 
It is the player having to appreciate the fans all the time publicly because he's never going to win when he invokes them in any kind of a negative way. He's never going to win. You but there win. are players that genuinely appreciate the fans. Oh, of course there are. No question about it. Of course there are. Like, I mean, we're saying it's a one-way relationship, meaning that only the fans get something out of it and the players don't. No, the players get stuff from the fans in terms of yes. the overall atmosphere that they create around the game, the interest that they generate for the game, the opportunities post-playing career that fans can help provide you because of your popularity. It's not just a one-way relationship. I mean, it's a one-way relationship that a, that a, a fan can boo a player, yeah, but a player can never go at the fans. No. That's what I mean. By no. a one-way relationship. Well, well, we saw that once upon a time with Ron Artest in a different sport. <laughs> well, I don't even mean physically. I just mean saying the wrong sure. thing. Sure. Yeah. yeah, you can't win by atta- you can't way. win by attacking the fans. No. You just don't. I mean, and that's why I don't understand why Justin Fields even went down this road with their with this comment. It, there was nothing to be gained by saying it. So why say it? I guess that's the part that I don't understand from his perspective. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and of course on the ESPN app. You know, there are some trends that we have seen in the NFL for a few years now. And we got one question that we need answered. When will it stop? Next, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN radio. There are just certain things that have to stop. Canty and Carlin, ESPN radio, and on ESPN Plus, so our producer Evan Wilner, over the weekend, is it fair to say that I wouldn't call him cranky, but if I'm if I'm a negative guy, I feel like Evan is absolutely a, a negative guy. Is that fair, Chris? I mean, like he'll, I don't he'll... appreciate this kind of characterization of our producer. Evan well, I, I, like, I think it's accurate. On to the negative first. Is that accurate? Like, uh, I, I, I feel like Evan takes a little more joy in the negative than I do. No, I feel like Ev is more of a contrarian. Like he'll go the other way. When people zig, he'll zag, just for the sake of making it an interesting conversation. Well, let's just quickly give you some context, Evan. Do you enjoy the pain of others? Yes. Okay. Wow. Well, Depends on who a, it is. I guess he is a Jets fan, so misery loves company. Yes, yes, that's true. So with that in mind, he came up with this idea for a segment that we will call, When Will It End? Do we have production for that yet? We Probably. do not. Not yet. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's all we need. That's it. That's it. That's it. Stephen A's finest. This was your idea. You should host it. Welcome to When Will It End? All right. So the Colts have had six straight years of a different starting quarterback week one, including Matt Ryan. Wow, it's been that many years? Yes. So when will it stop? When will the Colts reviving door at quarterback stop, Chris Canty? 2023. You know why? Because they're going to suck in 2022. This Colts team is not going to figure it out. They're awful. They're probably going to be in the cellar with the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South. 
which means they're one of the worst teams in all of football. So I fully expect the Colts to have a top five pick. And if they keep messing around and Matt Ryan keeps throwing lollipops, they might have the number one overall pick. So it's going to end in 2023 because their starting quarterback will be a kid that's playing on Saturdays right now. With as bad as Matt Ryan has been so far, Frank Reich right now is texting Carson Wentz saying, you up? Where you at? Hey, man. Well, come back. Chris Ballard might be looking at Frank Wright like, hey, man, how many snaps you got left in you? (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's a bad situation. I hope it's 2023. You got to assume they get it right if it's 2023. There's so many quarterbacks coming out, though. I know. I mean, (laughs) so many quarterbacks. Next. All right, you mentioned Carson Wentz. I'm going to that one next. When will it stop Carson Wentz getting chances to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, Chris Canty? I don't know. I thought it was going to stop last year. The Colts gave up a first-round pick to bring him over from Philly, and they dumped him after a year. Well, I mean, for good reason, because he had to win one of two games, uh, one home game against the Raiders at the end of last year, and then a game against the, the Jaguars. Couldn't get either one of those done, and they were like, you know what, this ain't the dude. And yet the Washington Commanders gave up a third-round pick in order to get him. Think about this. The Colts didn't know what the hell they were going to do at quarterback. They had no first-round pick last year. They had no idea what they were going to do at quarterback. If it weren't for Atlanta Falcons pursuing Matt Ryan, I mean pursuing Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan wouldn't have been available. They didn't know where their next quarterback was coming from, but they knew enough about Carson Wentz to want to move on from him. I, I just I don't know how Carson Wentz, keeps getting jobs. Maybe it has something to do with Dan Orlovsky, but I'm just saying (laughs) at some point it has to stop and I think this year is going to be the year it stops. No, this is going to be the year it stops. Just because he went to Washington, you're operating under an assumption that Washington knows what they're doing, which they don't. They don't. That was a huge mistake on their part and they were the one sucker. It only takes one. It's over, Johnny. It's over. (laughs) Next! Aaron Rodgers' ownership of the Bears, when will it stop? Oh, God. Ooh. I mean, when Aaron Rodgers retires. Yeah, at this point, <laughs> is there ain't any reason be be- to think otherwise? It ain't going to be because of anything the Chicago Bears do. No, yeah, not between is- now and then. And yeah, this is a short one. Yeah, I would say not until he is off the field. Next! The Bengals not protecting Joe Burrow. When will it stop? That's a great question. I mean, I, I listen, Chris is – see, this is where you're being more patient than I am. Yeah. Because this is a brand-new offensive line mm-hmm. that has come together and it's supposed to be better, and they've given up 13 sacks in two games. I get the cohesion argument, but it's got to be better than this. Yeah, I, I think it's going to stop once we get to the month of November. Let's give this offensive November? line – November? Yeah. Season's well, over by November. Let's give this offensive line half a season to develop some chemistry, some rapport with Joe Burrow under center. I think – this team is talented enough to stay afloat and in the playoff conversation until this offensive line hits their stride in the second half of this year. Well, they get the Jets this week, so, you know, there's a chance. Next! Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore fighting. When will it stop, Chris That's Harley? a great question. Never! 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 Never. And I don't want it to. I don't want it to stop. I, I, it is amazing to me. Is that the best rivalry, player rivalry in pro football? I was thinking about this, like, earlier. What were the... The really good ones, like I remember Dion and Andre Risen. Ray Lewis yep. and Eddie George. Yep. 
Yep. Akeem Tlaib, Michael Crabtree. Yep. There yep. have been some good ones. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty good. And this is now three fights. Yeah. Three fights that have happened because of And that. the second suspension from said fights. Yes. Yes. Second suspension of Mike Evans. Yes. From, from said fights. <laughs> yes. Lattimore's winning the whole thing. Yes. I don't want it to stop. Is, is that wrong? Is that wrong of me, Ev, not to want it to stop? Who's being negative now? I'm just saying. <laughs> it's interesting. Who knew you, you would get a UFC fight within a football game? Next. The Jimmy G slander. When will it stop? Oh, it will stop here in the next couple of weeks when people realize that the 49ers have a better chance to win this year with Jimmy G than with Trey Lance. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I wish we had the I don't know about that sounder because this is a team. I don't know about that. That had Jimmy G. And they decided the ceiling for Jimmy G wasn't enough to win them a Super Bowl. So they put three first-round picks into Trey Lance. They didn't draft Trey Lance for September and October. They drafted Trey Lance for December and January. And the hope was that over the course of the season, he would develop into a quarterback that could do more high-level winning for him than Jimmy. Just saying, Trey Lance has a higher ceiling. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.